welcome to uh, the Let's Talk Twitter space by the film joint. My name is Don Intercomrex and I'm a screenwriter and producer and I'm here with my friend, co-host. I think some of you already have spoken to him, um, director Benga Adilti. So today we have, or we're supposed to have two very lovely guests. We have one lovely guest here, you know. Uh, he's not a greenhorn in the industry, he's a cinematographer, writer, director, producer, uh, you know, and you guys might know him with some of his works he directed, like uh, The Girl in Yellow Jumper, um, Brotherhood, and also his recent, you know, most recent short film. In the new series, African Folk Tale, Reimagined, titled Katera of the Punishment Island. Please join me as we welcome with your clap emojis. Yes, the magnificent Lukman Ali. Thank you for joining us, Lukman. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, yeah, uh, my name is Lukman Ali, and I'm a filmmaker. Yeah, and I'm very happy to be in this space. All right. I didn't see people's um, clap emoji, uh, or is it me? Or oh, I didn't hear it. I didn't know. Am I supposed to hear it or see it? <laughs> I, did, I didn't see it. I didn't hear it. But thank you very much, Luke, man, for joining us. Um, we are delighted to have you with us. So like my partner, yeah, so I'm getting the claps <laughs> in now. So like my partner, like my partner said, uh, um, our second guest speaker is going to join us real soon, but we'd like to kick off and uh, so we don't waste people's time and everything. So, we I'm sure you know once or twice we've heard the phrase African storytelling, and to tell you the truth, I'm not really sure I really know what it means, you know, even as a writer. But I just hear it. I hear people say African storyteller, African storyteller. I think it's very sweet in our mouth. You know, what is it? Is it telling African stories? Is it telling stories like Africans? And if it's telling stories like Africans, what does it mean to tell stories like Africans? You know, or is it just a mixture of both? You know, and and now today's topic is redefining African storytelling. So, how do I redefine something? I'm not really sure I know what it means. So, but that's why we're here to discuss. You are here to help ourselves. And that's really the essence of these discussions. Let's rub minds. Let's have these discussions that we wouldn't usually have in a safe space, you know? Like, I mean, you see what I did there? Yeah, Twitter space, safe space. Well, that's why we have our guests and that's why we have everyone here to be with us. So, but in answering some of these questions, we would be, you know, taking a look at, you know, the short films that, or the short film, in essence, that um, we want to put in focus right now. Uh, and those are the two short films from our two guests. And since Lukman is here, we're going to be talking about Katera of the Punishment Island. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm sure many of us, have watched the series or the short film itself, you know, 
So we would like to see the thought process, you know, and how this story, in essence, was really created and linking it to, in fact, this topic of redefining African, you know, storytelling. So before we, we start, one thing we usually do is um, ask, just to ease into the topic, is to ask our guest speakers, you know, what inspired them? to go into storytelling. I think it's very important that we do this so that we kind of motivate ourselves as filmmakers because sometimes it can be very demoralizing. So it's always good to hear some, you know, inspirational stories from some of our guests where they tell us, you know, how they got into filmmaking and what inspired them to get into filmmaking. So, um, um, Lupin, please, what inspired you to go into filmmaking? And how's the journey been? So um, around uh, maybe seven, six or eight. I don't remember when exactly, but I watched a war film. Uh, it must have been uh, The Thin Red Line, I think. And uh, my mind was blown. I mean, I had seen television before, but not at that level where like people are actually shooting and bombs are exploding and stuff like that. Like To me, that was unbelievable. So I asked my dad, like, what, what was that? <laughs> he told me those are, like, those are movies. And, and I told him I wanted to be part of that when I, when I grow up. Um, I mean, at that point, of course, I didn't know in, in what capacity, whether I... Sorry, I keep getting calls and they interrupt the, the network. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. So, sorry, I don't, know how, I don't know how to fix that. The only way to fix that is village uh, people. Getting calls yeah. from <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we keep calling. So, yeah. So, as I was saying, I was really intrigued by the whole film. And uh, because of my... Uh, I, I mean, I, as early as I remember, I used to draw. So, uh, how, I, how I entered into film was by just drawing comic strips. And kind of like... Uh, I couldn't write, so kind of like just narrate while I'm drawing. So, I, I guess you could say that's my very first... Uh, experience with like storytelling and film and, and whatnot. Yeah. So uh, I don't know if that answers the question. <laughs> Quite terrible. Yeah, I mean, your, your yeah. story is very similar to mine. I, I wouldn't lie. Uh, you were watching a movie. I was actually watching uh, a cartoon, actually. And I said, oh, like, how do they do this stuff? You know, someone writes a script and all. That was, that was it. I actually, I asked my uncle, oh, who are the people that do this? He said animators, but someone has to write. And, you know, you know so mine was from animation, though. Then I went into film, but, you know, so I, I think that, that, that says something. What do you think? It must be a sign. Well, anywho, so thank you for that. So we're going to delve right into the topic, uh, redefining African storytelling. But I think the first thing that we have to do is to, like, kind of understand what we understand by African storytelling. For me, um, for me, African storytelling is, uh, I, would, I would say at least what I understood is just telling African stories. And, and you telling African stories means that you're going to be telling it from a particular perspective. So... Um, but I think people have different interpretations or different definitions of what African storytelling is. So I'd just like to get your perspective. What is African storytelling before we go into redefining it? <laughs> so, 
Yeah, so uh, when the, the first time I, I looked at the, the, the brief, the whole UNESCO Netflix thing of uh, African stories, I, I just sent in what I had because, to be honest, for me, I don't really, I don't really understand what people say African stories, uh, storytelling. Yeah. I feel like a story is a story, whether it's told in Korea or in Japan. Uh, I mean, I, I grew up watching Nollywood and Hong Kong and yeah, Hollywood. Yeah. And I mean, the, at the end of the day, they're all stories. Uh, yeah. What, uh, what you'll find usually are small, that these tiny things, like cultural things that you, for example, see in a Bollywood film, mm. like how they, they, like how they tell their stories. Mm. Phone calls. Uh, yeah, so uh, for me, when, when I got the, the brief, I didn't really know how to deal with it. So what I did was uh, just sent in what I had and uh, hoped for the best. I, uh, I'm not really particular on, like, if I'm making a film, uh, since I grew up watching Hollywood mostly. And, uh, mm. <laughs> sorry. It's Those people calling quite... you, we'd have to, we'd have to query them. Those yeah, I'm actually, I'm sending them a text, I'm sending them a text message, but, okay. uh, yeah, they're quite determined to keep calling. So, so, yeah, I'm, I'm losing my train of thought now. But anyway, so I'm not, I'm not really a, a huge believer in, like, like, uh, if there's, like, a certain way that African films are supposed to be told. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I guess, uh. Perhaps that's the way. I, that's that's the way I am. It's just story. If you get it right, it will work. Like uh, you've seen uh, African films that have been told uh, told uh, told really well. They always cross yeah. and go to like all these other places, and it, it it won't really matter where where it was made. I mean, we we watched Parasite, and apart from the language, yeah. you can kind of like apply yourself to that story. Uh, yeah. So I feel like you know, story is story. Uh, you just what, what would uh, separate, let's say, Parasite from a Nigerian film is going to be the s- small cultural things that uh, Nigerians might identify, but then they will also won't throw off anyone because they're not like in, in, integral to the whole thing. They're not; they won't break the story if you don't know what they are. Mm. Yeah, I don't know if that answers the question. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. I, so I'm, I'm going to I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Uh, because I know a lot of people, you know, probably align with your, you know, your school of thought. You know, you, you feel like stories are stories, and um, you get as long as like stories are kind of universal, no matter where it's from. And you know, it's it's uh, maybe about the difference in culture. But but I would I would I would like to poke further and say, probably, if we look at the way stories are told for example like a very distinct example is the way indians or bollywood as it may be tell their stories versus the way you know the western uh, world tell their stories you know and and you you could you could say that um they've carved out this kind of unique style and uh, some of the things that you would see at least in in the Indian uh, side is that okay they they usually have like a dance off they they sing and they dance no matter what it is that's going on 
seeing the dance and they just have more elaborate um, show of emotions and stuff like that generally speaking so you you know so if i'm going to like uh, what's it called create a parallel for african storytelling would you say that we've not really found that style uh that is kind of unique to us uh type of stories because you see that um for different regions they have types of stories that they kind of tell and then also you have um, also elements within those stories that are unique to to that region so you know it's 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 you know i think it's fair to say in a way that yes maybe there is some kind of african storytelling but maybe it's because we're not really seeing it in film that we don't know um or we have not really you know actually gotten what it means to say what he was saying, you know, African storytelling itself. I don't know if you get my drift here. So it's it's um it's a situation where I'm like, maybe we we've not actually created that identity to the point in enough, at least in film, that we can say we 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 have African storytelling. Um, I don't know what what do you what do you think about that. Um, so what I think is that it, it all comes down to like the, the edge <laughs> so uh, most of these uh, film, film industries are like over 100 years old some mm-hmm. of us has just started so I feel like we are just kind of like uh, figuring ourselves out and trying to find a voice and also I think this, this entire thing is happening at the, at the wrong time with some of these industries uh, during their growth like when they were trying to establish a style they didn't have as much access to content like we do now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of like the same thing you see with uh, your legends in music. Like they had a, a, a very, very, very uh, particular uh, sound. Like each, I assume each region had its own specific sound. And that's because they weren't heavy by this kind of like, uh, like, like how we have social media and uh, like one, 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 uh, one, one song will influence the entire world. It used to be you're influenced by your immediate neighbor, so you tend to form a style that's unique to your area. So uh, I think it's very hard for us to go back to that. Like it's really hard for us to have a unique style at this point because we've been influenced by uh, by the world that we have been brought up in. Uh, anytime you try to change from not copying the Western world. You end up copying India. You end up copying. Mm. You always end up copying someone else. Mm. So I feel like we need time to grow and kind of like learn to have our own voice. But this is something that you figure out in the process of kind of imitating others, because that's kind of like how you learn. So for me, I'm not shy to like borrow from other people. Mm. I'm completely fine with that. Uh, and, and some people tend to have a problem with that. But uh, yeah, I. For me, I'm, I'm, I'm really the kind of person that doesn't really care, so I just do what makes me happy, and uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, I, 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 think, I think I totally agree with you. And, you know, when you made reference to the movie Parasite, I'm sure um, many of us have watched um, 
the movie and i usually use that as an example as you know when people oh there's korean movie and korean director or whatever and you watch parasite and and really it's just kind of universal so um you wouldn't say it's a korean movie you wouldn't say it's you know you wouldn't want to box it in like that so but um in in terms of this topic you know and and um in light of you know what the the short film that you just did and that that's pretty much when i and benga were trying to come up with a topic and you know watch the series and we're like oh wow this is a new perspective to the old idea of you know telling african stories basically mm. so um i think we're already getting some insight on on even what i'm about to ask next and that is you know what would you say is uh, redefining African storytelling. So, I mean, from what you said, it, it it could only mean that, oh, redefining African storytelling is telling from a different perspective. And we're going to kind of delve into your your stories in a bit. But before I move on, um, I just want to acknowledge our second guest. A very delectable lady, and um, is a writer, director. She started a filmmaking journey with her first short film, Tip of the Edge, and has recently also directed a new short film in the new series African Folk Tales Reimagined, titled Halima's Choice. Please give an emoji round of applause for the amazing. Kuridi Aziz. Please let me see your emojis. Let it start flashing. Thank you for joining us, Kuridi. <laughs> let me hear. Let me hear your. Thank emojis. you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Thank you for joining us. Uh, so we've been, we've we've gone five bits. So maybe I'll let um, Lukeman drink some water and, you know, <laughs> answer the people that have been calling him a bit. So I'll I'll be on your on your matter quote and unquote <laughs> you know for a while so like like we usually do and, and it's, it's what saying i think it's what saying that clearly has been on our space before and you know like some people like some some people used to say like we just knew we just knew that we we're gonna um uh call her back and you know it's for it's for a quote and unquote like a celebration of something new and something fresh that she has done so like we always do you know the first thing i did with lukman was to tell us your inspiration um what inspired what inspired you to come go into filmmaking i know you did this the last time on our space you know but i think you should maybe something popped in you know some motivational quotes probably has come into your mind now you can really inspire some people like I also said earlier on that, you know, sometimes we need this motivation where where we get, you know, inspired by people like us and say, oh, this is how this guy started and how this person started and this is where they are right now. So, so um, Credit, tell us your journey so far. What inspired you to go into filmmaking? 
Okay, hi guys. Um, thanks again for having me. Hi, Lokman. Um, so, what I tell everyone, um, what it's always been is that I'm in this industry because I want to tell stories about women like me. I grew up watching films, watching TV, and I never saw anyone like me, anyone with a similar background as you know as me. Um, I think there's still so much space for, and as much as I don't like this word, but yeah, representation. Um, on screen, there's still a lot of space for fresh perspectives. And I mean, growing up in a place where I was always the alien, um, I always thought that if people saw more of um, saw more of my background or saw more of my perspective on screen, then maybe we would um, have a better time understanding, you know, each other, one another, and who knows, maybe th- that just might lead to world peace. <laughs> Um, far-fetched as that might sound but yeah that that's really why i'm in this space as what keeps me going all right all right thank you very much yeah um so also yeah so moving on into the topic i think we um before we actually like going to um redefining african storytelling you know we have to understand what african storytelling is all about but in in just a moment um i want to just acknowledge uh, the presence of uh, mr frank donga uh is in our midst and uh, mr frank was one of, was our guest for last friday's session or discussion and it was awesome so thank you very much sir for joining us once again yes heart 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 loved and clap for me. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. So back to the topic. Uh, so we have to understand what African storytelling is. Uh, and Lukman gave his perspective, and I like that he gave a kind of different perspective. I'm hoping your perspective is different so that we can have banter, I don't know, or argument so that there'll be blood everywhere. Let's have a fight. So it. What is what is Lukman's perspective? First so Lukman says he doesn't he doesn't necessarily believe that there's some kind of like African storytelling, you know, pattern or style. You know, it just feels like there's storytelling and there is just a story, you know, and it can be African or it can have African stories. That so, uh I'm hoping yours is different. I'm hoping yours is different so that we can have dialogue. So, to you, what is African storytelling? Sorry to disappoint you, but um, I'm basically going to say about the same thing that Ooh, said. you people. I think we should have brought you because you people know each other. <laughs> I mean, a lot of a lot of people outside the continent look at. Africa as a country, yeah, they forget that we are different tribes, mm. different people, different perspectives, and all of that. And naturally, where you have different people from different backgrounds and different perspectives, you're going to have different different flavors of storytelling. I I rebel against the idea or the notion that African stories or African storytelling should have a um, certain I don't know look or feel mm. or the same uh, messaging all over and over again. I mean, to some people. Stories like the Sembene kind of stories and style is what resonates with them. For, for other people, it's something else entirely. Mm. I mean, um, look at Lukman's style, for instance. 
Lukman is probably always going to make action films. He's obviously very influenced <laughs> by his stunts. Something that I don't, I'm not sure there's any other person that's doing that on the continent right now, um, which you would say is a unique perspective. And people might look at that and say, oh, that it's too Western, it's too this, it's too that. But it is African. Mm. It is African. It's an African filmmaker, African stories, African locations, African actors, you know. So it's, to be honest, I don't think we should try and box ourselves in and say that, oh, okay, this is what an African story is mm-hmm. which is why again i have an issue with the, the, the notion of even redefining mm. african story because what are we redefining i mean yeah know? yeah so so th- so it's like this uh, and i think i think it also falls in line with um your your perspective because if there already exists some sort of idea of what african storytelling is which is oh there has to be some style it means that you know, we have to redefine what African storytelling is. It, it, I, I mean, I, I think you would agree that if there's some sort of definition of how African stories should be told or some um, feel it should, it should be redefined so that we are not boxed into certain ways of storytelling. I think you agree with me on that. Well, the other thing that comes to mind is maybe um, people expect that we always talk that we, we should always talk about social issues and funny enough i think um all of us on the african folktales reimagine thing mm. <laughs> we are guilty of that, you know speaking about social issues yeah. i don't know i don't know if that every other person has but um personally, personally as a filmmaker mm. i tend to lean towards um stories with some social issue thing mm. in them no matter how it could be very individual. It could be a society-wide thing, whatever it is. But that's just me, you know. But I mean, I I've seen other films where there necessarily there isn't necessarily, you know. Um, I mean, the 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 creators are not necessarily always leaning into social issues, and I think that's probably why Nollywood um, people, um, that's people who watch Nollywood, mm. they they watch it ask you oh what's the moral of this story the other day i saw somebody asking oh what's the moral of john wick and i'm like yes what's the moral you mean we should explain yeah <laughs> i mean i think i think there there's definitely a, a thematic um argument going on in there mm. um i don't know we just have this idea of every story needs to have a moral which is fine maybe that comes from our folk tales yeah. and our tradition and that's fine but um so maybe that's it. And I'm saying I'm saying all this because I'm thinking that maybe that is the sense or the notion that people have of African storytelling generally. Mm. And I would say if there's anything to redefine, that might be it. And if we're going to redefine that, then it will simply be don't... We shouldn't try to box ourselves mm. into that, that whole thing because at the end of the day... Um, I mean, you could still take that and make something really fun, do something really fun with it, because I think it's very boring when you have a social message and it's so on the nose, mm. you know, it's like you're slapping on um, in people's faces. You can still have a, a social message or whatever, a moral lesson, but it's not in people's faces. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, let's not box ourselves in. There's space for stories without a quote-unquote moral lesson, you know. So, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you know, you you you've actually kind of hit the nail on the head. I was I was still gonna pry a bit, you know. There was something I said earlier on, and and that was um, uh, you know, using how 
uh, for example, the Indians have carved this style of storytelling for themselves, and which is oh, like almost every Indian movie you'd see, they they're very expressive and they dance and they sing within their movie. It's like a star is like something that they've just created for themselves, and you see it's also like a part of their culture. It's not something that just sprung up from nowhere. Well, so would you then say maybe um, that maybe we've actually not just found that style, that uniqueness in itself, and we are trying to borrow from several places and form we our have own identity? Do we have, we have a style? We have a style. Go and, go and, watch, go and watch old in Hollywood. That is a style. Aha. Aha. That's his style. And, of course, it's not as if that's it. Again, this whole narrative of um, Africa being one place and one people mm. is very problematic mm. because South Africans are not going to tell stories the way Nigerians tell stories. Yeah. You can't expect East African stories to tell... to I mean, East African filmmakers to tell stories when Nigerians tell stories. But that whole Nollywood style, and I think Ghanaians do that a lot as well, or at least at that time they did. Yeah. But that whole... That whole old Nollywood thing, it was a style. Yeah. And it is still a style. Yeah. And you can make films in that style if you want to. And I think you can make good films in that style. Yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. I I, so, yeah. I, I totally I totally I wouldn't say we I wouldn't say we, we, we don't have a style. And I get what you mean because sometimes it feels like um some of the stories that some of us try to tell is like we are trying to recreate Hollywood stories. Yeah. Um, I think that can be, I think that can be problematic. And I feel that the solution to that is simple. You need to be, it starts with honesty, mm. to be honest. Um, look around you, pick stories from what's going on around you. And I don't think that every filmmaker should make every kind of story. It's hard. And yeah, it's good to be ambitious and to be adventurous. But if you don't soak yourself into a, a world and if you don't understand it properly, then you might have issues. You're probably going to have issues like um, creating a believable world on screen. For instance, you're trying to tell a story about like the ridiculously rich people, but you don't even know anybody that's from that's from that demographic mm. or whatever. How do you want to tell that story? That's just one example. Mm. You know, um, yeah, so, yeah. I, 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 I totally agree. I think you're, you're really on point. Uh, one thing you said about, um, you know, people like to, you know, lump all Africans together. I think that's, that's, that's been a problem. And that's, um, I think that's actually part of the whole boxing us up into one, um, one thing of you know africans but we are very different and i totally agree with that like you said you know the the style of storytelling for south africans is totally different from nigerians you know and um so maybe maybe in a way it might not be african storytelling but for the purpose of this discussion i think we 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 are on track and understanding what redefining african storytelling i'm going to now you know go into your stories, your short films, Halima's choice, and you know, um, Katera and the Punishment Island. Oh no, Katera of the Punishment Island. I don't know why I said and the Punishment Island. So, um, 
so before I before I move on, before we go into like the, the short films, uh, thank you guys for joining us. Ah, you have a question? Uh, <laughs> okay, look, man. Yeah, so, sorry, instead of question, I just want to add yeah. uh, to something that I, yeah. I, I had my, my colleagues say. I think yeah. uh, because of my background in, in the art, not necessarily filmmaking, I think some styles are developed out of out of lack of resources. So mm. I remember there's a time I was painting with only with only one, one color, and it was red. And the reason I only used one color is because that's the only color I had access to. But then, mm. uh, after after a short while, people started calling that my style, and now I feel uh. stuck because I that that wasn't my style. It's just something I made out of uh, out of yeah. what I had. So when people say that uh, African films, this is the style of African yeah. films, they usually mm. refer to films that were made in like the early nineties, where they were using a, like an HD camera and it looked kind of funny and it had like a bad mm. sound, and that's kind of like what people think an African film should look like. And any time mm. you try to deviate from that, you're copying the Western world, uh, which I think sometimes mm. is unfair because we, we, mm. we try to improve. And if, if you use the same camera as the, uh, as the Hollywood machine, as, as, what, as, as those guys are using, you tend to end up with the same kind of picture. And then mm. that gets judged that it's being too westernized. Or yes. And also to, to uh, yes. add on to something else she said about Africa, Africa being a country, uh, like for example, in my country, we have so many tribes, and because of the the tribes, we, we because of all the tribes we have, we tend to use English as kind of the, the language that cuts across. And yeah. if I went to the north, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be able to communicate with anyone unless I spoke English. So when I make a film, even for my own country, without any hopes of it ever going anywhere, the the, the safe bet for me would be to make it in English because that's what people will understand. But now, yeah. the moment I make it in English and then it, and then it moves outside my country, then, I, uh, then people start saying that, oh, why is it not in a local language? You're, you're trying to be Western, mm. all this stuff. So it, mm. sometimes mm. I think when you pay attention to that stuff, it, it just boxes you in. For me, how I look at storytelling these days is I get an African story. It could be a bank robbery mm. with guns, just like it can happen in Hong Kong, just like it can happen in New York. A bank robbery yeah. with guns happens in, in my country. It's a story that happened in my country. Uh, if I tell that story and I choose a genre to tell it in, because, again, like you see, you can have a Nigerian song done in a reggae tone, uh, or you can have it done in a, as a spaghetti western, kind of like what I did with my short film. And most people that are ignorant to that will, will just run and start saying, it's not this, it's not that, because they don't understand that genre is not really story, just kind of like a backdrop. Yeah, yeah, I mean, um, Lukman is a very technically inclined director, so naturally he's going to think about the the look of the films um, in terms of the style, mm. but just adding to that, when I think about old Nollywood, I think more about the actual style of the storytelling not just the look of those films yeah. for instance let's look at our um our songs the theme songs that we use our music in films yeah we had this thing where we would literally just tell the entire story <laughs> in the film in the song, in the song. <laughs> you know and that was something that was consistent and that in itself is a style you know um yeah just wanted to add that oh 
yeah, yeah. I mean, but he, I don't want I don't want us to go back and forth. But you could say that maybe it was because those guys just didn't couldn't do better. That's why they just kept. Pressing. Nope, nope. <laughs> it's a style. It's a style. I mean, the constraints. Yes, you saw that in the look and the feel yeah. of the stories. People were engaged in those with those stories until today. People will tell you that they preferred old Nollywood stories to what we have today. Yeah, I, I totally. You I, know, and maybe, and, and maybe if you are looking at high cinema, you wouldn't put your entire story in a song today. Yeah. But it was something that they did then, and it was something that we all enjoyed, and it was a style. Yeah, I mean, it was. I think it was actually nice. But it was also annoying at the same time because you could come in halfway yeah. in between and know the whole story. You just you just have a catch up. <laughs> recap I mean thing. just like the whole the whole the whole Indian style for instance <laughs> for the most part I can't stand it but it is what it is. It is what it is. So yeah, yeah but, but sorry, <laughs> this, sorry yeah. This, don't you think that, that yes, could have that, could have, that that also could have come out come from uh, Yeah, so I was just saying that, that that whole thing could have also happened uh, out of uh, necessity. Just like the cameras and the technical things. Because uh, I've I've learned this when I was writing, for example, Guardian in the Yellow Jump, I really, 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 really sucked at writing. And when I was editing the film, I thought about having a narrator try to explain the story because I, was, I wasn't competent enough to like, write the story well enough to tell itself. Mm. So I, was, I, I explored using a narrator to tell the story. And then someone made a joke and they were like, why don't you just have a song that tells people what's happening? You know, like how the Nigerians do. And I thought about that. We laughed, but I was like, you know what? If if I could, I would, because I think it would help me, uh, kind of like fix some of my shortcomings and make it a lot easier for me to tell the story by just actually telling it and not trying to show it. Because showing it requires a lot of like a lot of understanding of like the whole the whole filmmaking language, which is relatively new to like pretty much everyone in Africa. Even like those old old Nollywood films, they're made in what? Uh, the 90s, 90s and 80s, they're not like way, they're not like from the 40s. Yeah. So they're also relatively new compared to like the Hollywood films that we kind of compare to. Yeah, I totally get you. But then, again, my point is, <laughs> even if they stemmed out of necessity, they became a style. Yeah. And it became something that people started doing deliberately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I would I, I already also say that uh, what, what Kureji just said. Because uh, just me using an example. Sorry? Just me using an example of... Um, um, this was me discussing about the way food in our country like evolved and i was asking someone that like why are we eating this like why would somebody eat this and it's good everybody loves it but does it make sense and you realize that some of these things that we eat evolved out of necessity out of oh we couldn't do this we didn't have this we did this managed and it's become some kind of delicacy so does it become not a style because it, it was born out of necessity or it's still a style even though you know, it it wasn't you know from something conventional. It, it became uncon- It was from something unconventional, and it became a star. So that that's the way I could see it. You know, born out of the ashes, whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, but, born but, out of but there's, there's some things. There are some things that we have that were born out of uh, necessity. But then, uh, as we evolve, we realize that maybe we don't have to do it like that because now we have we know better or we have better stuff. Yeah. Uh, I'll give you an example of like the African-American uh, soul food 
where the the food was it was it came out of like uh, I guess uh, leftovers from the masters and they they make something good out of it. Yeah. It's not healthy stuff. And mm. then later on in like now we're in 2000 and you can actually get healthier option. But this is like the style that they have. But mm. should they continue going with that style uh, given like all the health risks <laughs> that they know it has now? Or should they try and adjust to something that might seem like it was copied? But no one owned lettuce anyways. Lettuce belongs to all of us. Mm. So... They might, they could just start use, they could just start eating lettuce, and uh, some people might say, "Oh, you copied that from Africa." But yeah, lettuce is not like supposed to be only filmed in Africa. So uh, even with film, like film is storytelling, how you tell it, you just have to look for the most effective way. Okay, uh, you went off for a bit, so I'm not sure if I got if I got uh, um, the last part of what you said. But I think if we continue, we'll just we'll continue back, <laughs> you know, forever, you know. So, um, but like, so let's let's. I think what we can just do is now like going to, um, the short films. Uh, but before that, I want to just thank everybody for joining us. Um, if you have any questions, you can put it in the comments. We'll, we'll take your questions later. Um, you just request to become a speaker, and we'll have, um, your questions. So you can also follow Film Joint, follow everyone on this space. You know, this is a place where we can network and you can find the next, you know, your next writer or your next director. We have Dukman here, Kuridi, <laughs> you know. So, yeah. So going going into um, uh, the short film. So we've, we've discussed, you know, African storytelling, storytelling, you know, African stories. And when I watched your movies, um, there was something that I, I I saw personally, and that's the infusion of um, a a story, say quote unquote, like an African story, as it may be, with um, this modern feel. This you know, it's it's not uh, you know, uh, I don't know, I don't know the word. It's not. It's not local, you know. There's just, just this way they just want to make it. Oh, African story. They just make it Wakanda or Black Panther, Black Panther kind of stuff. But you know, it, it was it was nice. It was different. We had Halima's choice that you know brought brought the whole concept of you know AI, and then we also had you know you know Katera of the uh, Punishment Island. It, it was it was different. So I'm going to start with. Um, Kuridi, uh, and that is what inspired, you know, this story. Uh, I I could see elements. I I saw the AI. I saw the cultural issue. You know, uh, you know, uh, the Halima being married off to you know someone. It was it was it had a lot of stuff in it. So what inspired this story? Uh, a lot of things that have been in my head for a long time but the ultimately the direction the story took came from the original folktale titled the disobedient daughter who married a skull um so the the story was basically about this girl from southern nigeria whose parents wanted her to marry some old rich guy but she she was hell-bent on oh she wants to marry a young handsome guy instead Mm. 
And then this this um spirit from the spirits from a faraway spirit land heard about her and you know decided to try his luck. Mm. Uh she saw him, fell in love with him, and she insisted that she was going to marry the guy. Um, of course, much to her parents' dismay. Um, so they got married, and then on her way to her husband's house, he started taking off body parts. And apparently, he had um, he had borrowed these body parts to impress her, right? But then, by the time she found out that he was just a skull, um, it was too late, and she was stuck in the spirit land. Um, so she ended up working working for her husband's mother. Uh, who took pity on her and you know let her go home eventually um mm. and then when she got back home she ended up marrying one of the old rich guys her parents wanted her to marry and they lived happily ever after had many sons and all of that mm-hmm. and when when i read that story the thing that struck me was that you know it was obviously a story that parents told their kids to try and you know make them marry whoever it was they wanted them to marry mm. and i thought that was very unfair because i know what it's like for a parents to try and impose decisions on you um regardless of not thinking about how you feel about that decision or you know like just how you feel about it and um what direction or what plans you have for your own life mm. um so in lots of ways, this film started, you know, like as a way for me to say, to ask, are you really thinking about, you know, the consequences of forcing your kids to do stuff, whether it's something like marriage or whether it's a career choice or even, you know, things that may not be as serious as that. So that's how all of that started. But then all of the other different elements, uh, my mind just, you know, went wild. I've always been a a big tech person mm. um when around when crypto started becoming a thing i was following that space i've always been watching the ai space mm. you know and i figured um we love magic we love all of our folk tales and all of the witchcraft and everything um from our traditions and then but then in the 21st century our magic our witchcraft is technology you know so i thought it would be a cool way to um reimagining all of that and i also wonder that if if this first marriage of a thing was happening so long ago and it's still happening now and maybe it's not so common in the south anymore um but it's more common in the north it's like a normal thing in the north um where i live which was why i even took it, took the story to the north in the first place um is it going to continue happening in the future and i figured most likely yeah it will continue happening in the future if i mean because it doesn't seem like anybody wants to stop it anytime soon yeah. uh so it was i mean those are just a few of the ideas you know that went into um shaping this film and this story into what it finally came out to be uh so yeah 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 uh, i'm i'm really i'm really um if you should have seen the way my mouth was open when you st- talked about the original folktale story. Uh, I was like, what? What? You know, I, funny enough, I've not heard that story before. I don't know why. Because I'm not a lady. Maybe they never, I mean, like you said, they've never used it to scare me. So, and, you know, so it was, it, that's, that's very lovely. Um, very nice. So I'll, I'll get back to you, uh, but let me get um, Lukman's um, perspective on um on the story so i mean when i watched katara of the punishment i was like okay this is going to be you know lady she you know 
I don't know, she's struggling. And then it just evolved into a full-blown action movie towards the <laughs> second half of the movie. And it's like, okay, I guess I guess I should have expected that. You know, so, Lupin, what inspired you um, uh, to tell this story? Um, yeah, so, so for the, there's a story that I had when I was, uh, when I was growing up about this island where they used to take young girls who got pregnant. Yeah. And, um, well, most of them didn't really do what, what happens in the short film, but, uh, I don't know, I'm quite, I, I'm, like, I, I'm a fan of, uh, I'm a fan of revenge films. Yeah. So... So what what I always thought was like what if what if one of them like escaped, escaped and came back and like just took took her revenge on the whole system and just kind of like burned the whole thing down. Uh, it's not necessarily a folk tale. It's more of like a real thing that used to happen. Mm. Uh, but uh, when they were asking for folk tale stories, I didn't really have one. Or I couldn't think of any good ones, so I just sent what I'd written from before. <laughs> Because I'm a writer also, and I would really like to know know this. And 
sometimes when when i want to start writing you know i I have like names i have like scenarios i have you know images of scenes oh this scene is going to depict something this color is gonna is gonna depict this 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 you know everything means something basically and and like i was using parasites as an example you know you know that you know it's very intentional with stuff so how was the process like and you know did you have that kind of oh i want this to mean this i want this to mean this i want this to you know did you have all that um so i don't know it's always hard for me to answer this process question research for me is a big part of my process Mm. um once i have like the core idea of the story that i want to tell Mm. I deep dive into um, research. So I read papers. I mean, especially with this one, um, as I was trying to do the whole texting and stuff. And my research just takes me all over the place. Um, for instance, the name of the virtual space, Napata, is taken from an ancient African civilization. It was a city, I believe. Um, mm. Yeah, it was a thriving city. Um, so yeah, I think the research part of it is the biggest thing, and definitely um, there is a lot of there are a lot of underlying messages, and there's a reason for every choice that I make. Mm. The colors, for instance, there's a reason why Halima is always wearing, why she's associated with yellow. Mm. There's a reason why you see like purples and pink in the virtual world, and you don't see those in the real world. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so those are things that, of course, a lot of people are not going to notice, but I think that's the beauty of filming, of, of some films, because yeah. um, it's like every time you watch, you see, you might notice something new. Mm. Um, and I always just, I, I just wanted that to be like a really layered film. Mm. Um, and I don't think there's anybody who watches and will get everything I was trying to say in one go. And it wasn't like, oh, I was trying to necessarily build something something complicated. Maybe it comes from the fact that I always just have, I've always had a lot that I wanted to say, you know, and I just try to think of the subtle ways that I can say that. And sometimes I think it's a little um, subconscious mm. um, how some of these things just um, get into my work, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, and sometimes they're not exactly finished statements. They're... There are sort of feelings, <laughs> you know, that I just touch and go. But the most important thing to me was, I mean, I wanted the message to be clear, the general message of, oh, um, the choice, the whole idea of sure. choice. So it's not necessarily about the choice that you make, but, I mean, it gets to a point in someone's life where the most important thing you can give them is, you know, the just the ability to choose. Mm. You know, regardless of, of what that choice is. Uh, so yeah, I think the the other key thing in my process is that I I work a lot with um, treatments. So I would have a general director's treatment, which is usually a lot, um, and then I would break. I would usually have smaller treatments that I would share with individual teams, yeah. and sometimes for each team, depending on on the team and you know the nature of the work. For instance, costume. We probably had about three treatments like one edition second edition like that like that um because i make mine i would want my costume designer to do something based off of what i did and then would make something else that consolidates both our ideas and whatever 
Um, I think those visual documents are very important for communicating, you know, with your team members, your core creative team members, because it's easy for things to get lost in translation um, when you are just speaking, mm. when you're just talking, you know. Um, yeah, hope that answered your question. Yeah, 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 totally. Um, uh, so um, also uh, on to Lukman, uh, I, I actually, like Akuridi was saying, uh, I... I actually watched um, the movie, the series twice. Like I just watched it again, and I, I, I some something in me just told me that watch it again. Like there are some things that you miss, you know. And when I when I watched um, what's it called? When I watched um, Katera of the Punishment Island again, I, I I saw I saw some things, you know. I was in, you know, especially in the dialogue, especially when you know she was being Katera was being trained and. How you know she couldn't use the knife to to win, you know, to like during training she used the gun and the guy said stuff about you know guns being slow, you know you need to reload and like towards the ending the ending fight like you could see like the old dialogue in itself I don't know if anybody the the dialogue during training it was kind of what played at the end of the day she had to use the knife to capture him and then the gun in itself had to it was because he had to kind of reload in a way it was it was stuck or maybe it's just me reading meaning to it you know <laughs> well anywho um so look man what what was your process like what was the process like in coming up with uh, the story so my my process in regards to that short film yeah. was yeah. kind of working back it was kind of working backwards because uh i had originally written that as a feature-length film Mm. Uh, so uh, yeah, so the process was more of like, what can I, what do I take out, and how do I make it still make sense? So yeah, so it was a painful process of like the original story a bit, but I got to keep some of, it. I, I mean at least like two things from the original. And I think the thing about the dialogue in the knife fight, yeah, that's actually exactly what it's, it's supposed to to mean. So. You didn't see something that wasn't meant to be. It actually was meant to be like that. I just didn't think anyone would pick up on it because <laughs> probably I didn't. I didn't do a good job at uh, telling it. But uh, that's precisely what it was supposed to be like. Mm. Uh, yeah. So my, my process um, usually I start with kind of like a visual idea of what I want. Uh, I, I'm like such a bad writer. I'm trying to work on that. Trying to improve myself. Like, I don't know how to, like, get the thing from my head and, like, put it on paper. Uh, so usually <laughs> I, I, I work with, like, drawings and sketches and figure out kind of, like, where, where things are going to be. Uh, but I'm getting, I'm getting better, surprisingly. Like, some of them, the, the new stuff that I'm writing kind of, like, looks like real films. So maybe uh i'll uh i'll mess it up later but uh, as of now it kind of looks like it makes sense <laughs> yeah it kind, of, it kind of looks like it makes sense okay i guess i'll take that <laughs> all right um so we're gonna ha- ask um, um the listeners for questions very soon but i'm just going to drop one last question so that we we'll round off okay. and then people can ask uh, so i think what we can agree is that there are at least African stories, and we need people to tell these African stories, whether you know in different ways, through different 
uh, people's perspective, you know, your style or whatever it is, you know, as a director, as a writer. But then we have African stories. Um, what would you say uh, are the limitations to telling these African stories? Because, for example, when um, the Woman King came out, you know, people were like, you know, people had mixed feelings. And mixed feelings wasn't about the movie itself, but about how, you know, it's, you know, people outside are actually telling our stories. And, you know, so at least stories about uh, people within Africa, quote and unquote. So, you know, what would you say? Because, you know, you guys went through a kind of program, I would say, and, um, you, you know, you saw stuff, you saw the way things were done and, uh, you know, the, the process to which the story was 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 brought to life. You know? So what would you say are, are the limitations to telling this um, authentic I'm using all this big grammar I and mean, all these words that we usually well, authentic story, African stories. These stories that oh, this this is an African folktale. This this is something. This is you, you, you know even if it's you know universal, the stories are always going to be universal. But you know oh, this is this is from Uganda. Oh, this is a Nigerian story. This is about a Nigerian woman about this. You know. What do you think are the limitations to that? Um, I don't know. Anyone can go first. It's money. Give us money. It's money. I mean, I could, <laughs> I could write a long list of limitations, but I mean, I think the biggest thing um, is money and skills. Um, yes, I mean, skills are growing. I mean, especially South Africa definitely leads in that area. But yeah, it, we need a lot more investments in this because. If we didn't have the budget that we did, um, my film wouldn't be as wouldn't have been as good as as it turned out to be. It probably would have. I don't know. It could have. It could have ended up being a, a load of crap because I might be trying to do something, mm. but it just won't. It just won't come up, cut across. It just won't come across. You know the way I intend. So yeah, mm. I'll say money is the number one thing. Money. Okay, I'm hoping. I'm hoping you know we have an investor in this space right now and is listening. <laughs> you know, <laughs> all right, Lukman, would you also say it's money, or what else? Or what else? Yeah. I, okay. I I think I I agree with 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 Corey. There. I think it's money. The only thing I would say is uh, the only difference I say is double that money that she spoke about, but still money. Nah. Okay. All right. All right, so we need money. I think if we have money, we would actually be able to, you know, do very nice stuff. Uh, I, I, I believe so. I believe so. Uh, so thank you very much, guys. Uh, we will have questions from our listeners now. Uh, this is from Kasa Uli. I think the filmmaking style of Africa is relatively based on diverse cultures, unlike in Hollywood where there are no many cultures. Ah. Uh, just like food, Africa has got a wide variety of foods and whichever food you choose to put on screen it will automatically represent Africa. Well, uh, <laughs> that's from Kasawuli. Uh, 
My question from Israel, the creative. My question goes to Lukman Ali. I would love to learn from your experience of choosing the right actors for a particular role. Secondly, can you speak about the legal conditions you use when working with actors? Like, do you use contracts? Is it just a verbal thing? Okay. I think that's the question for Lukman. Lukman. Yeah, th thanks Thanks for the question. I've, I've had to learn that the hard way. Uh, never, ever, ever, ever do anything with just clear verbal contracts. People always change. It's not like they will change sometimes. It's guaranteed that they'll change. So, um, yeah, highly, highly, highly recommend you. You use a contract, get a lawyer to draft up something for you. And, uh, yeah, don't, don't, don't even try it because it's uh, guaranteed that it's going to cause you a lot of problems. Mm. All right. Uh, I hope that was able to uh, answer Israel the creative questions. Uh, I'm sure people can reach out to you also. So um, Daniel Equalus says we got very good stories, but one thing we are failing in our storytelling is that we limit ourselves to the European kind of stuff. So I think that connects to what Lukman said about limitations and how, you know, oh, okay, we are doing this, this, and someone says, oh, this European style, oh, we are doing like this, we are saying, oh, this Indian style, we are doing like this, oh, this Nigerian style. I think, I think uh, we need to remove that, that that veil of limitation and do what we want to do, you know, tell stories. So I, I think I totally agree. Um, so uh, Ponfa Michael Joseph, I believe by redefining means giving new meaning. And the question is, why change the way we write or tell stories? Okay, why change the way we write or tell stories? So uh, I, uh, personally, I, I think... Um, you change the way you write tell a story only fulfills its purpose when you know it has communicated you know a message you have passed across a message whether it's a good message bad message whatever message it is that I say so if we are not properly selling ourselves or, or, or telling our stories then I think we would need to you know redefine or change the way we write or tell these stories so that, that's personally for me that's that's what i think i don't know if any of our guests wants to want to say something on that uh why do we yeah i think i think i agree like uh the stories are nice but the way that they're told is uh kind of uh follows the um uh, like before okay let me just rephrase. Mm. How African stories are told is kind of like uh, a visual uh, interpretation of how like, the stories um, around the fire were told. So yeah. we're just trying to recreate the same exact way that mm. the stories were told. Like you're sitting in a home or around a fire or whatever, and your, your grandfather is telling you a story and it's quite interesting and... Yeah, so we try to recreate the same thing on screen. Namundi, yeah, can go on. Uh, hi everyone. Hey, hello. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, we can. Yes, uh, listening. Man, I'm a big fan, big fan, big big fan. I think uh, you might be the next generation of our filmmakers here. But uh, let's agree about one thing: the the African arts industry is still lagging behind because of 
challenges of competition from uh, the foreign industry. Why the foreign industry compete like because of issues like uh, piracy. Then we also have uh, issues with intellectual property law and enforcement. Then we have issues of uh, finance funding and also uh, the community we, uh, we are in. So all of these issues uh, coming together make it hard for us to promote our own vision of what we think art is. I believe art, art whether it is in uh, painting, uh, literature, or uh, filmmaking, it's supposed to depict a society's understanding of reality, society's understanding of uh, uh, what they believe to be real. Until when the artists in this part of the world understand that the politics matters, there's not going to be much which is going to be done. Because as long as there's uh, pirating of local content, how many video libraries do you find around? You find um, a movie, movie library. Someone can access a, a foreign movie cheaper than they can access a local movie cheaper and they can access local content. These are things which people cannot just uh, uh, compete against. I mean, uh, I mean, uh, Lukman, Alio, the actors who are involved in creating all of this content, yeah. For this part, profession, they have dedicated their lives to try and contribute towards uh, our artistic development. Well, they, unless uh, you can combine the politics which means uh, whoever it is who makes decisions around how things move in this country and uh, where it is money is coming from or whatever which is going to take care of uh, getting these things together or getting the things to the market or even getting the things to be widely viewed or consumed. And then the social bit of it, can you depict an actual or realistic picture of society? Because the reason Africa is still fighting with uh, the foreign image, the image of competing against Hollywood or whatever, is because we have failed to depict our own image of society through our own art. And our art is lacking behind because uh, we are challenged technologically. Uh, now we are trying to catch up, you know, we are getting the technology in, we are getting people who want to start out to use all this technology and whatever. But at the end of the day, what will count is how all of these things come together. I, I wish I had more time. I wish I had more time to explain more, but thank you for the opportunity. Thank All you. right, thank you, thank you very much, Namundi. I think that was a comment and, and very, very valid points made there. Yeah, so uh, Ponfa, I think you can you can go on now. Israel, hello, good evening, everyone. Good evening. Um, um, so I asked this question: Why do we have to change the narratives of um, telling stories? And I, I believe we, I believe what I was actually referring to was okay. Uh, we 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 are not changing the storylines, I guess, mm. and then we are not changing the storylines within our cultural um, beliefs and other things. But we are trying to reshape. I think uh, what I'm, I'm I I I got by um, these very uh, insights from the all the talks is uh, just reshaping the graphics, the design, and, and then putting a more modernized way of, uh, of doing things, I believe. That is... Yeah. That, okay. So, okay. So, if, if, that's, if that's the point, I don't think, I don't think we are redefining our stories. Rather, we are redefining things that give shapes to our stories, I believe. Mm. So... Uh, Pomfa, I don't know. I, I you just gave me one. This one deeper because 
I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> okay, so 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 Lukman was talking about uh, the like the visuals on um, basically talking about screen. If I understand visuals, it mm-hmm. simply means the, the 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 screen itself, like okay. the images we see, the qualities that we were having before. Mm-hmm. It's 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 not like this very like the the modernized way of doing things. So I believe the 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 the, the topic doesn't mm-hmm. tell tell much about the storyline rather reshaping the um the the how <laughs> the problem is how to put the english actually but reshaping the graphics and other content okay okay of okay. Film, of, of of filmmaking okay okay i think i i think i, I think i get i think i get you get what i'm trying to yeah, say i think i get what you're trying to say uh so last um speaker israel um the creative i hope your network is better now israel and then we have yeah. Uzo. Uzo the last okay time. okay all right yeah can you hear me now yeah we can we can yeah uh thank thank you very much for this opportunity i'm israel from uganda right. um yes basically the questions i i typed them but uh they were directed to lukman and he answered only one Oh, okay. And uh, yes, I wanted to verbally ask the other two. Okay. Yes, and, and first of all, I want to, <clears throat> I want to appreciate Lukman mm. for for the good work he's doing. Personally, in Uganda, according to me, he's he's like he has set the standard of uh, African filmmaking, especially in uh, the the Ugandan film industry. And as a young creative, as a person aspiring in uh, cinematography, I really appreciate and i i i honor that uh, let me let me call it i honor that i let me call it a mantle yes i honor it very much and i take always these opportunities to learn from him a lot yes so my my question uh, to him the first one was i would learn to love from your experience of choosing the right actors for a particular ro- role like oh. what 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 do you consider how what's what's your process in choosing a role for like you have a you've written your, your your movie i mean your film and you're now are looking for for actors what do you consider how do you do that yes and then uh, the third question was um, i would love to learn from your process of actually coming up with a complete film uh, especially the the creative process like what do you go through what's your What's what's yeah basically what's your creative process in all these? And the first question, oh. I guess, which was uh, how do I know who the right actor is? To be honest, like everything else yeah. I'm doing, I just I've I've learned a lot from like failure. So I try things, fail, and then uh, I I try again. Um, it's just that these days my failures are a bit too uh, too public. So whenever I fail, it's just too public. But I've always failed before. It's just that no one was watching and it was fine and I would improve the next time. Uh, but in regards to picking actors, I've tried people. Uh, it failed sometimes and then I land on someone that I really like. And then I don't want to go through the whole process of trying people again. So I just keep using that, that same person. And if I, I'm hoping I find someone else, but... Uh, uh what i what i what i like doing now is just watching other films and try to get people from other films and not try to like uh 
try to like discover people myself because I'm, I'm not good at that. I don't know how to do that. So uh, it's one of those things that I'm just hoping that there's, uh, uh, we have like a pool to, to pick from uh, at, at some point. So Uzo, you can, you can go on now. For um, both filmmakers. So I, I particularly enjoyed the, the anthology because I watched it. And so I, I have a question for them. And the question is, so I noticed that um, like most of the most of the films actually like they had the um, female female lead characters you know throughout 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 the whole films and even though the male characters were also important you know they 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 didn't like I also want to know if that was deliberate because I know this these short films came from a competition and so it's interesting how they all seem to share that that um, feature of you know very strong um, female female leads i think even i even think even one of the other other films that had like a a male lead also sort of had another female lead backing backing him so i also okay i i think i think we got the question uh that uh, was it a coincidence <laughs> actually i didn't even think about it uh Kourid, would you answer that it's UNICEF and Netflix people that you ask. Be <laughs> UNESCO. <laughs> um, I don't know because you def there was nothing in the brief that said, "Oh, your protagonist has to be women" or yeah. anything like that. Um, yeah, but maybe who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Maybe they just naturally gravitated oh, towards dear. those stories. Right. Yeah. That's 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 nice. That's nice. Uh, Rukman. Yeah, I think what she said, it just, uh, I mean, knowing the the climate, I think most of us just kind of figured that uh, mm. uh, it's probably likely that that's what they're looking for. They might not say it, but uh, yeah. but uh, but also, but also not. Uh, I've always, I don't know, for some reason, I I always start out my films with like, I could start up with a with a male lead, and then in the process of writing, it just ends up with like a chick being the lead sometimes it's it just happens i don't know why but in this particular i mean at times i've, I've been pitching ideas and i'm thinking uh-huh hmm. knowing what uh what what hollywood looks like i probably have to make this this uh this person uh, uh a female or this person black or stuff like that so mm. in a way you kind of like uh uh, put yourself put put the politics in in your in your in yourself unknowingly but uh for me, I wasn't pushed by that, but I, I feel like sometimes maybe some some other people were pushed to do it like that. They did it. They did. Not, they didn't ask us to, to have a female lead, but uh, I have a feeling maybe some people just felt like that's a safe bet. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Uh, all right. All right. Thank you very much, guys. You guys have been awesome. Thank you very much, Lukman Ali. Thank you very much, Corey De Aziz. Thank you, our listeners, for joining in. Iroko Critic, I see you. Thanks for joining. Um, thank you very much, guys. Uh, the film joint, I don't know, for those that are joining us for the first time, the film joint is a platform where we kind of or try to help um, young filmmakers, you know, grow. And one of the ways in which we try to do that is by helping promote um distribute and premiere short films you know and so recently just ended our 
um, submission of short films and people that submitted their short films already you know started getting nominations and um, you know for those that are going to be selected we are going to select five short films that are going to premiere that we are going to premiere on the 6th of June of this month of this of 6th of June this year at um, Ebony Life Cinema and it's going to be grand it's going to be exciting um, we're going to reveal the movies by the end of the month and you guys should not miss it uh, more information follow us on our social media platform the film joints um, on twitter and film joint on instagram and uh, uh, yeah that that's that's what we do so you guys should keep in touch next week same time 7 p.m we're going to be here and we're also going to be discussing a very important topic so don't miss it Thank you.